Email marketing is underutilized. This is a surprising thought that Alan gave me in this interview. We've been living with emails since we knew about internet, right? Because that's, that's, that's the gate for everything. You won't be able to create an account for a software, for a social media platform, or anywhere you want to go without an email. Email address is one of the things that people get from you for information so that they can send you one. So technically, it's basic. And other people say it's dinosaur. So when Alan said it's underutilized, I was, I'm still surprised. This means that we all have the chance to leverage email marketing for our business. In this second part interview that I have with Alan Ngo, he's going to share with us how his own business was also changed by email marketing. The important email marketing metrics because, hey, just like any other social media platform like Facebook, email also has uh, marketing metrics that you need to measure. But the most important thing is, what do you need to measure really? And um, should business owners consider email marketing for their business? Without further ado, this is my second part interview with email storyteller, Finally, it's out! IBH Media released its 2020 Asia Pod Awards winners, and I'd like to tell you that Pintotop was voted Asia's premier business podcast. Winners were chosen through listeners' votes. That means there's no panel, nothing in between. It's really your votes that were counted. And with that, let me thank you for following this podcast, listening to it, and for voting. This honor is really yours because you were the ones who voted for the show. Thank you for allowing me in between your heads every single time. Thank you also for reaching out to me to tell me that you're learning from this podcast. I really appreciate it. It keeps me going every single time. Also, cheers to Joy Colliado, who first introduced me to podcasting five years ago. As you know, we started the Joy and Anjo a few years back. So that's really my first hands-on podcasting experience. And I'd like to thank her for bringing me in on the journey. Value Pod Productions, headed by Cecilia Mercado and Eloisa Almonicido, you ladies rock. Thank you so much for pushing me to show up and be consistent. To IBH Media's Daniel Robbins and Kate Hancock, cheers to more success for IBH. Cheers to more awards to be given away in the next few years. Be rest assured that I'll continue to provide pinnable Facebook and marketing lessons for you, entrepreneurs and experts. It's time to maximize Facebook marketing for your business. Let's be overwhelmed. It's the Pentatop Podcast with Anne-Christine Peña-Redondo. Facebook is one of the top social media channels in the world. Well, you know that by now for sure, right? If you want to reach the people who will support your products, services, and tell friends about your business, Facebook is one of your best choices. I have a Facebook marketing strategy that you may read at anchristine.com slash 
Facebook marketing after listening to this episode. This strategy works with consistency and patience. Commit to this strategy and you will meet your business goals through Facebook. But if you want to get help, I am a call away. Click the button at the end of anchorstein.com slash Facebook marketing after listening to this episode to start booking your call. If you're looking for the best social media marketing solution for your business, Promo Republic is the right tool for you. Boost your social media presence or personal brand with Promo Republic's outstanding designs for your social posts, meaningful insights, automated social media scheduling, and more. Stand out with custom social content today. Sign up at bit.ly slash best social media solution for Anne. Should a business owner do his own email marketing if he finds this valuable? And if not, what should a business owner look for in uh, an email marketing specialist? Yeah, that's a great question. Like for me, I won't romanticize writing emails. Like I wouldn't say that you should do it because it's super cool. Of course, different people are have different skill sets, right? So for me, like it would depend on your resources. If you have more time than money, perhaps you want to spend that learning writing how to write emails, right? But if you have more money than time, it might make sense for you to hire it out right, by somebody else's time. Now, to your point about finding a specialist, for me, it, it's really, there's always like, I've heard that there's always three things that you should look for, whether it's either they're skilled, they're fast, or they're, you like their work ethic, basically. As long as you have two of three, that's kind of the realistic thing to look out for, at least two, two of three. Then if you, do you have all three, then you have a jackpot, right? But yeah. at least two of three. For me personally, I'm looking for at least at least a benchmark of writing. Perhaps if they're not yet, they're not super good, but it's a good, decent. It's decent. As long as I have that, I can work with that. As long as like they have good work ethic, like the work ethic is really big for me because I can help them improve in that sense. Of course, depending on the product owner. Generally, I would like to work with somebody who I can rely on. Then. Then somebody super talented, but I can't rely on in terms of the cut of time, the deadline. Of course, unless they're so good that it those things don't matter. <laughs> but yeah. for me, the work ethic is a big deal, the attitude, because that you can develop that. If you hate your life <laughs> working with them, then I'd rather cut cut ties. That's nice. That's nice. Skill. Skill, work ethic. Skill, work ethic. And speed. And speed. Okay. Okay, that's so that's that's so true. In in social media, there are lots of metrics, and uh, sometimes it's dizzying. So I know that in email marketing, there there are also metrics that are that are important. So for for a business owner who's doing would like to consider email marketing for his or her business, what uh, would be the most important email marketing? metrics that they should look for at the end of the day it's going to be sales that's really okay yeah. what you the metric you you should look at because mm-hmm. people can get overwhelmed with like opens and clicks yes. but for example if you send out an email to 100 people and one person opened it but that person bought the product would you get, take that over an email sent to 100 people 50 percent opened it but nobody bought 
right? Yeah. So I'd go for the other one. <laughs> There's a sale. So right. So at the end of the day, that's you need sales to fund your business. At the same time, you can't, of course, just bombard your email list with offers upon offers upon offers. Yes, right. So yes. after the sales, first you have to check on the spam rate, the unsubscriptions over time. But the number one thing would be would be the sales right would be the sales then later on with the nurturing if you're not selling something of course opens and clicks are metrics you, you could check on to see the health of your list and i would suggest over time there will be some layers in terms of your sending so perhaps if you have a thousand in your list over time you want to keep the open rates high so over time if you notice that it's dipping you might try to segment your email list where you only if you're sending daily emails, you only send it to people who have opened your emails the last 30 days. Yeah. So that means you're sent most of your emails are sent to your biggest fans. Right. Yes. And you may reduce the frequency to those people who don't open your emails. So that, for example, if if you send all your emails to everyone, so for example, Gmail will look at it. Okay. So of the thousand emails, 20% open rate. But if you segment people, on average, like of the 1,000 emails, 90% of those will be sent to your hyper-responsive audience segment. So you'll see, okay, overall, it's going to be like 40% opens. <laughs> then you seldom send to those people who don't open. So it will skew your open rates to, to the higher end, right? Mm, so yes. the people who really are waiting for your emails. So there are more advanced tactics like that. So... We, we can go into a different tangent and go into a rabbit hole, but I'll, I'll, restrict, I'll restrain myself from going there. But those are some of the tactics you can do to kind of make sure people get your emails. That's so good. Thanks a lot for that. Because yeah, it's true. There, there, there could also be a lot of numbers. But what you said, that it really made sense. You also blog... See, I stalked you. So I you also blog <laughs> and you and you also do affiliate marketing and and you do right. these things and you get to earn money from it. I know you do email storytelling and you also do blogging. Is there a difference between the two? It's like, do you have like, okay, I'm wearing the blogger hat now, I'm focused on this, and then after that, okay, I'm I'm going to wear the email hat now. Is there a difference? Yeah, um, like for me, I should be blogging more, but I haven't, but the way I look at it is blogging is a bit different in the sense that when I look at blogging, it's more of my goal for blogging is to get them to sign up to my list. So that's yeah. kind of the idea behind it. Yeah. So with blogging, it's mainly for discovery, bringing value, building authority enough that they'd want to subscribe to my email list because if they're, they're, it's the first time them, of them seeing me, they would be hesitant to subscribe to another email list, right? But if they saw value in my blog, then, okay, I like this guy's perspective, his tips. Let me sign up to his newsletter, right? So that's kind of the big idea. For me, it's like speaking to a stranger. When, when I write a blog post, it's more like speaking to a stranger. So that's why oh. we call them visitors, right? Yes. We call them visitors to the blog site. Yes. So when I write emails, it's not visitors. Like you treat people differently, right? If you met them for the first time, it's a bit, there's more space. There's more, or you don't know how to behave exactly. Yeah. But when you speak with somebody, you know, you're more relaxed, right? So that's how I feel when I write emails because it's like I'm preaching to the choir. 
So I still bring value. I still bring authority. But I would add a little more personal stories or I would call them my, maybe I would have a different pet name for them, right? So, um, so that's how I approach it. And in terms of business, for me personally, from what I've seen, emails will always outconvert a blog post in terms of sales. Because if you think about it, how will people, if, for example, if I'm, I have a gun to my head and I'm forced to like drive 100 clicks to a sales page, if I wrote an email and sent it to my list, at least I know that those people, say a thousand people, will get notified that an email arrived in their inbox from me with this message, right? But if I wrote the blog post, I will be hoping that at this time, people would visit, would take the time, type in my URL, go to the blog section, scroll to that specific blog post and read it. Yeah, it's so, hope against hope, yeah. It's hope marketing versus direct marketing. Yes. Right? So in terms of the business, they have their own roles. But in terms of conversion, I would put, I would bet on email marketing 100% of the time, right? Everything being equal, right? So it's like blog is like having a standalone restaurant and email is like DoorDash, Grab, right? It's like people can get it delivered right in their home, right? So in this case, the email gets delivered right in their inbox. Exactly. Right? So, so that's exactly. kind of how, how they would if they own, they each have their own role. I would love the blog for traffic. I'd bet on that for traffic. I'd bet on email for the conversion. And I think blog to, to add to that, blog is also like like what you said a while ago, it's presence. They won't know that like you have this offer or the simplest is that they won't know if you have a subscription or that they can follow if you don't right. uh, show yourself in blogging. So yeah, it's true. They have right. they have different roles. Alan, um, this has been said many times, like content mar- content is dead and content is not king. Uh, when it term when it comes to social media, social media is dead, and some sometimes it's so specific, like Facebook is dead, whatever. And <laughs> it's also been said a lot of times to email. They always say email marketing is dead. But with all that's been said and done, everything trying to be killed <laughs> or murdered. Right, right. <laughs> how is right. email? How is email marketing nowadays? And why do you maybe to as a follow up? Why do you think people? still keep on on telling each uh, others that email marketing is dead i guess for for me like it's still working for me and i feel that it's even underutilized still like like i i know that people listening to this are from all over the world but there are still opportunities elsewhere like in our country specifically in the philippines i would go into business meetings with traditional businesses big corporations and they would stare at me like they're in the headlights when I talk about email marketing, right? When mm-hmm. there's like a, a lot of opportunity uh, because with emails, because they think of once when, when I was, when I was speaking in an event, everybody was talking about social media and a lot of them were from agencies. Yeah, so I, I was imagine. the only solopreneur there. And the way I was introduced, like, so somebody just finished a talk on social media on Facebook specifically. And it was my turn to be introduced. And the guy, the host started it off by saying that let's go back in time with emails. So that's that's the that's the <laughs> perception. That's a perception. And right. So, so that's how I think that's a reflection of what people feel with email. Like it has passed, like 
it's so old like I even call it I playfully call it like the internet grandparent right yeah. because um, that's how people treat it but for me it's still heavily underutilized like I once spoke to a group of real estate agents helping them with virtual how to sell virtually so I pose a question like tell me who's valuable in terms of like lifetime value is it if I give you a list of customers who bought from you before versus a list of leads who haven't bought from you, who among them would be more valuable? Then unanimously, they would say all our customers, right? Because they bought from me before yeah. and the likelihood of them buying again is much, much higher. Then I pose a second question. So when was the last time you talked to your customers? Oh. And they, they would scratch their head and they would say either birthday um, Christmas or New Year. So that's the only time they t- get in touch with those with their customers. So I pu- I told them like if you have an email database, an email newsletter exclusively for your customers, say if you were selling property in Florida, right? Specifically say in Coconut Creek, Florida, they uprooted from North Carolina, from Raleigh, North Carolina. So they don't know anything in Coconut Creek, Florida. So if you're the real estate agent who closed them, put them on an email list and send them an email like, hey, I hope you've settled in to your beautiful property. I know everyone's new new here. Don't know. Here's a list of places to go. If you like Japanese food, here's a list of their addresses. Here's the link in Grubhub. Here's a list of our trusted plumbers, contractors, so on and so forth. Right? You can have a welcome email like that for everyone. And week to week, you can give them updates, like updates on taxes, on how to maintain your property. We we now have like a Marie Kondo specialist in our neighborhood. Here's her contact if you want to organize your stuff. Like keeping in touch with them might serve you well. Maybe they don't need to buy a home right now, but they can definitely refer you if they know that, hey, this guy, this guy's after service is, is on point. Yeah, right? you're on top and of all you have to do is all you have to do is just send a, write an email, take 30 minutes, put a list, send it out to them. And that can be automated for every customer you have, right? So, so in that sense, there's still a lot of underutilization with emails. Maybe there's some saturation with certain industries, but there's a reason that you can't buy anything from Amazon without you registering your email address. Yeah. Because they know that that's where the lifetime value comes in. Yes. I see emails like ad costs, like ad costs can be expensive with the iOS update. It can be astronomical. And I see emails as unlimited ads, right? Because it's just a way to communicate with your audience, right? With ads, you're just paying to reach new audiences. But if you have leads, then you can have unlimited ch- If you drive, use your ads to drive them to your email list, then you can have multiple cracks at converting that person rather than spending at same time, just spending money trying to convert them through ads. So there's a lot of opportunities still within email marketing. And if you do it well, you know, um, your customers can become your evangelists, right? And they can be market, they can market their products as well. And having an email list, you can also test out new offers, right? To them. So you kind of have an in, in-house focus group <laughs> if you want to see it that way, right? So yeah, I feel that there's still a lot of opportunity. Perhaps some industries have saturated it or have mm-hmm. painted the name, the platform, mm-hmm. if you may call it that. 
But yeah, there's still a ton of opportunity. And I feel from my experience, at least in the immediate vicinity, it's still, we're still at, a lot of it is still at the education stage. Yeah, I, I feel that there's still a ton of ways to go. That's so interesting. So I, with everything that you said, I don't understand why they keep on saying it's dead. Maybe it didn't work for them because they weren't doing the right way, probably. Alan, why should business owners have or consider email marketing for their business if they haven't? Yeah, um, I guess we, we touched on it. Most of this we touched on earlier about being unlimited ads, yeah. the lifetime value. And also like for me, having you can never underestimate the power of having owning your own database. Right? So yeah. for me, whether or not you use it right now for email lists. So I like I have this quick story when so my wife's family business is in Chinatown here in, in where we're at. And the building beside it caught fire. So we went over there just to see if everything's okay. And everything was. So somebody, one of the, the store owners came all the way back from a, a far away place. Basically what she does is she saw, she creates these wedding gowns or mm-hmm. gowns for prom. So that's her store. That's her business. So she was attending a debut. When she heard the news, she went all the way back to Divisoria. Yeah. So that's where the store is. And that's a very is a big distance to cover late at night. So when we asked her, why did you come back? What she told us was kind of took us aback, but it made all the sense in the world. So it wasn't because of the money, because she can earn that back. It's not even because of the dresses that she made, because technically she can do it again. What she came back for was her, her old address book, where her all her suppliers, her customers are listed. Right? So because... Obviously, she's going to have to move places temporarily at least her store. So she has to contact all her suppliers so they know where to, where they can get paid. And she has to contact all her customers to reassure them that she will deliver on the promises that she made. That data. So what is that equivalent, that address book that she had? What's the equivalent of that in the digital world? Some might say it's social media followers, but... If you think about it, all of us have different social media mixes, right? Yeah. I'm not on I'm not on TikTok. I'm not active on IG. Some people live all day in those platforms. So we yeah. have this social, different social media mix. Mm-hmm. But one thing we all have in common is an email address, right? In order to yeah. have a social media account, you have to have an email address. Yeah. So basically true. that's our digital DNA. So for me, I would say like your database of email addresses would be the equivalent of that address book so for me that alone is enough of a reason for somebody to consider so at least store a database and Mm -hmm. secondly to use that to market to your audience not just market just to keep in touch right just to keep in touch because another quick story during the pandemic when the pandemic hit yeah uh, a friend of mine um he's into research so Mm -hmm. he does market research he told me that when the pandemic hit when everyone was on lockdown the sales for deodorant plummeted. Nobody was buying it. Nobody was going out. Right? Nobody needs to have roll on deodorant. Everybody can stink. Yeah. And nobody would ma- it <laughs> yeah, nobody would know. <laughs> yeah. And he told me that one of his services is actually doing market research so that companies will find out what are the products that could that would be a hit during the pandemic. Okay. But none of his clients knew about that service because okay. he didn't email them about it. Like, 
Like if somebody inquired, he could offer that. Okay. But he wasn't proactively telling everybody that, hey, I know that the pandemic was, was a big hit to most businesses. And the most important thing right now is to pivot. And pivot, I know that resources is scarce. And you, if you're going to start a line of product during this time, it has to be based on research and not on hearsay or gut feel. I can help you with that. So he could have written something like that, right? To to his existing list of, of clients. True. Yes. Right. So so for me, like it's aside from insurance, it's also a practical way to offer your products and services. Alan, if a business owner says right now you sold them to email marketing <laughs> and they they're going to start now, uh, what are the first three steps to get started? Well, for me, Google and YouTube are will always be your friends, right? But yeah. if you want like a more structured approach that's beginner friendly, I do have this Facebook group. It's called like Email Marketing Philippines. Inside, we made we had the course a two hundred dollar course we sold before, but we decided to release it for free inside the group. So if you're interested, you can check out that two hundred dollar offer for free if you join email marketing Philippines. Of course, we have, just in case some of your listeners already have experience with email marketing, we don't want them to feel left out. So if you have experience, I would like to invite you to take our quiz, okay? Over at digitalsolopreneur.com slash quiz. What that will help you with is help you find the most expensive mistake hiding in your emails today. So we'll try to uncover your biggest blind spots and based on what you find out in the quiz, you'll get a customized result based on the category you will fall into. So yeah, I would invite you to, to check that out. Maybe we could help give you that, that lever that you could turn you know, to, get, to get the money flowing <laughs> from your email list. Yes, we're going to put those links on the program description. Thanks for the invite, Alan. That should be fun. Learning email marketing should be fun. As much as interviewing you and learning more from you is so much fun as always. (laughs) Thank you, Alan. Thanks a lot. Thank you for the invite. It's been fun. It's It's my pleasure. Thanks a lot for listening to Fin to Top. I'll see you in the next episode. Almighty Father, thank you for the business you have enabled me to begin and sustain. Enlighten my way in leading and inspiring people engaged in the business organizations, industry, and communities that I serve. Allow us the mastery of your will for the role you would want this business to play in your divine plan. Provide us all the resources, human and material, for this enterprise. Sustain us financially for growth and development and keep us humble with our successes and innovative and creative in our endeavors. Help us in our crises and guide us in every step we take as we run and manage our business. Let our business involvements be models of inspired integrity and allow it to bring good health, wealth, and prosperity among your people. Bless our business partners, clients, and suppliers. Give us the faith and confidence that we can accomplish even what seems to be impossible. Move us to dispense all our actions to be full of love for you and the rest of mankind. In Jesus' name, Amen.
creating a podcast show is a challenge. Good thing I have the best ally. Thanks to ValuePod Productions, headed by two amazing ladies, Sam Mercado and Eloy Almolicido, for helping me create my shows easily. Have you been dreaming of launching your own podcast, but don't know how and where to start? Let ValuePod Productions Podcast Editing and Management Services help you effortlessly launch, syndicate, and grow your podcast. Message us at facebook.com slash valuepodproductions. ValuePod Productions Podcast Editing and Management Services. Humanizing personal connections through podcasting. That's a wrap for this week's Pin to Talk. Tell us what you think about the show. Send in your rating and comments on your favorite podcast platform now. For questions and suggestions, email pintotop at anchristine.com. That's P-I-N-T-O-T-O-P at anchristine.com. Thanks for listening.